0: Hello, friends. This is Reverend Lee Benish from Hill United Presbyterian Church in Butler, Pennsylvania. As you are well aware, the way we are doing church these days is a little different. Hill Church is closed for the foreseeable future due to the coronavirus outbreak, but we are trying to find ways to engage people in worship and study, ways to remain connected even though we are apart physically. If you are able to find us on Facebook or our website or our new YouTube channel, I encourage you to do so, to find recordings of our virtual worship services as well as daily devotionals. But I will also be providing a podcast for you as well with the texts and the message that I share on Sunday mornings. It's a little different, but we're all learning and growing together. So will you please join me in prayer? Loving God, these times are difficult. They are challenging. Each day it seems a new challenge is posed before us and we have to figure out what to do. We are scared. We are afraid. We are worried and anxious, lonely and isolated. But even in the midst of that, God, we trust that you are present And that you are here. As we dig into your word today, open our ears to your voice and speak to us anew. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For March 22nd, I decided to stick to the lectionary texts, which were perfect. The psalm for that day was Psalm 23, one of the most comforting passages of scripture out there. So hear these words from the psalmist. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Our gospel passage today comes from the gospel according to John, chapter 9, verses 1 through 39. This is an incredibly long passage, one of the longest in the Revised Common Lectionary. And so I will not be reading the whole thing. I will read the beginning and the end and paraphrase the center. So here now first, John 9, verses 1 through 7. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The story continues after the miraculous healing word got out to everyone, to the neighbors and to the Pharisees, and they couldn't believe it the Pharisees, in particular, tried to disprove it by questioning the formerly blind man. When they didn't get the answer they wanted, they even went to his parents. But everyone confirmed what had happened. But they continued pushing. And they were angry. Angry not only that the man was healed, but that Jesus did this healing on the Sabbath. And then John continues, starting back up in verse 26. The Pharisees said to the man, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are the disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to the one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is it, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm struck here in this story at how the assumption of both the Pharisees and the disciples is that the man being born blind is a punishment for something, namely sin. As if somehow this man isn't a whole beautiful creation of God without eyesight, and because he lacks the ability to see, he or his parents must have done something wrong. In times such as we are in right now, many people turn to the idea that it is because of something that we've done that disaster has come. I hear this a lot around natural disasters and even human-caused disasters sometimes. And when taken to the extreme, this thinking says that it is God who brings the disasters to punish us. I was serving in Texas a few years ago when Hurricane Harvey came through, and I heard it a lot then, and this time is no different. I've seen and heard people say that very thing, that when it comes to COVID-19, it's a punishment for this behavior or that. Now, I'm not denying that there are things that we could have and can be doing to slow the spread of the disease, but I wholeheartedly believe that it is not God that caused it, and it is not a punishment. That would be a vengeful, hateful God, and that's not who I believe in. Earlier this week, the Reverend Katie Stenta wrote a piece that addresses this, and I'd like to share her words with you. It's titled, Act of God. Is this an act of God? Asked Abram and Sarai when they were barren. Hagar, when she was abused by Abram and Sarai. Joseph, when he was cast into the pit. Pua and Shipra, when they were ordered to put the babies in the water. Moses, when he understood his people were enslaved. The prodigal wondered when he was lost. The widow thought when she lived on nothing. Mary and Martha questioned when Lazarus died. The disciples cried when they arrested Jesus for heresy. Is this an act of God, we ask, when the hurricanes howl and the tornadoes terrorize and the earthquakes wreak havoc? how about a world pandemic? Is this an act of God? If it's an act of God, then there's nothing under our control, and we can just wait for God's helicopter to save us. But Abraham and Sarah became the parents of nations. Hagar kept her child safe and found freedom. Joseph was raised from the pit To Pharaoh's advisor, Pua and Shipra hid the babies from Pharaoh. Moses led the slaves to freedom. The prodigal came home. The widow gave away her mites. Lazarus was healed and returned to Mary and Martha, and Jesus rose from the dead. I don't really know what an act of God is, but I know who God is. God is a God of jubilee, the God of healing, the God of redos, reconciliations, and resurrections. We can enact the will of God. We are Abraham and Sarah, Joseph, Pua, and Shipra, Moses. When we enact the will of God, we return home. We become healed. We give to the poor and become resurrected with Christ. Are we an act of God? God, I pray that we are. Friends, this pandemic is not an act of God in the sense that it is a form of punishment or deliberate taking of life. Just as Jesus told the disciples that the man's blindness was not a result of his or his parents' sin, the spread of COVID-19 is not a result of ours. But Reverend Katie is absolutely right in asking, are we... An act of God. As people of faith, what is our responsibility in this time? Thoughts and prayers are fine, but what more can we do? Well, believe it or not, Jesus models that for us here too. As he healed the blind man, John tells us, he mixed his saliva into the dirt to make mud and spread that on the man's eyes. Why does he do that? to make a point. He doesn't need to do that. Numerous other healing stories tell us that he needs simply utter the word and a miracle occurs. But Jesus went out of his way. He went the extra mile so to speak to care for the man. Not just in giving him eyesight, but in making sure the healing was visible to others, proof of what had happened so there was no question. In this precarious, unprecedented time, we are called to be like Jesus, to go out of our way, even to extreme measures, to care for others. This means we choose self isolation, only going out when absolutely necessary. It means we take only what we need and leave much needed supplies for others. It means we listen to the authorities and doctors and follow their guidelines. It means we find new ways to connect in worship, prayer, and study. It means that we do whatever we can to keep others safe. This is literally a life or death situation, and we must each do our part. Friends, I know it's hard. It's lonely. It's not something any of us want. But the psalmist reminds us that God walks with us in the darkest valley and that we do not need to be filled with fear. Even in the darkness, there is hope, there is mercy, there is goodness, there is life. So as you find yourself navigating our new normal, have grace with yourself and others and know that the Lord, our faithful shepherd, is walking with us each and every step of the way. Amen.